Two and a half months on from devastating cyclone Gabrielle, life is not back to normal in the hardest hit regions and won't be for some time. A number of roads, including major state highways, remain severely compromised or closed indefinitely. Last week, the government kicked another $25 million into its business cleanup and recovery fund, bringing it to $75 million. But so far, demand has way outstripped the money available. And with winter just around the corner, people displaced from their homes still don't know if rebuilding is even an option. Three weeks after the devastating floods, we checked in with three leaders from three of the hardest hit regions. So more than 10 weeks into the recovery, how are they doing? We are joined now by the Mayor of Thames Coromandel, Len Salt. Napier Mayor Kirsten Wise is with us. And we hope soon Wairau Mayor Craig Little will join us too. Hello to you all. Kia ora, Lisa. Yeah, kia ora. Kia ora, Kirsten. Sorry. That's okay. Len, can I start with you? Let us know where you guys are at. How far through the mire do you think you are? So uh, we've had a a couple of good weekends in a row, Lisa, and it's amazing how much better that makes people feel. The the sun was out. uh, We had a a day of rain and and wind for our Waka Arma Nationals, which were held in Fitianga, but either side of that we had lots of people travelling the lucky loop and um, getting out and about, enjoying uh, hospitality, enjoying the beaches and um, uh, seeing the sights, which gave us a a well-needed boost, a shot in the arm for morale. Kirsten, what does it look like where you are in some of the parts of your district? Is there still silt? Is there still rubbish piled up? Oh, there absolutely is. There's still a huge amount of silt and rubbish that needs to be cleared. And uh, we've been busy out talking to our community over the last couple of weeks uh, to prepare our locality plan, which is basically um, a bid to central government for what our immediate needs are, which includes this humongous job of silt um, removal. And, you know, there's there's still a lot of people that are, are really hurting that just want some answers um, from you know the government around whether they can rebuild, and yeah, still still a lot of devastated communities out there. That's for sure. So, Kirsten, do you think it's time central government stepped in and cleaned up that silt and debris that is still around? Took it off your hands in terms of responsibility and cost. Absolutely. It's just far too big a job for us to do as a provincial region. Um, we're talking millions of cubic metres of silt, which still needs to be removed at, you know, at a cost of tens of millions of dollars. And you really cannot expect our local ratepayers to be funding that. Are you optimistic that they're going to step in with the money and the help? Well, we're putting our best foot forward. So, um, you know, between the five councils, we've, as I've said, prepared individual locality plans, which we're now uh, having our regional recovery agency pull together to put forward a regional plan to the task force and the um, cabinet committee to consider. Um, And all we can do is just continue to push and advocate on behalf of our communities and, and get the support that we need. Len, you talked about how you've had a couple of good weekends and the Coromandel relies a lot on visitors and tourism. 25A, still munted, that main road. Um, When do you expect to hear what the plan of attack is? Two weeks. So we should have a a firm plan and some dates and timelines within the next two weeks. Um, And that will give our communities a little bit of certainty about what we're facing but at the same time we've been very clear about the reality of whatever of the three options is chosen 
by Waka Kotahi and announced by the government, uh, we've been very clear that uh, that road is very unlikely to be opened by Christmas and we need to plan for that. So we're really working at an early part, middle of next year timeline to give ourselves some security about um, what people can plan for for the future. Okay, when you say you need to plan for that, what do you mean? Do you mean government supporting business with some kind of fund? What exactly do you mean by plan for? So it's a couple of couple of strands to that. One is that we have a lot of hospitality and tourism um, providers, people who have accommodation, and the bookings for the accommodation often are made six, twelve months in advance. If we if we go out there and give people false hope about an early opening and they take bookings based on that, then we're not doing them any favours and we're causing a problem further down the track. So we've, we've been very realistic about what we are facing and if it comes in early, great. But at the moment, we don't want to put people into that position. So the second part of that is being very clear about the critical need for support for our businesses right across the district. We've had a couple of good weekends, fantastic, but our roading system is extremely vulnerable and extremely susceptible to any coming weather events, and we need that long-term investment. Look, and I've got to say to Kirsten, um, we absolutely feel for you. We've seen what's happening in your area. Um, our problems are a longer term, and if there's anything we can do to help, um, you know, we're here in in whatever way we can. Slightly different problems, but uh, across the board, Kirsten's absolutely right. Long-term investment from central government working together with local council for the fix that we need. Len, you're talking more about infrastructure investment, aren't you, rather than any kind of subsidy or support package directly to business? We've already had uh, uh, two tranches of uh, direct business support open up. We, we had $10.8 million worth of applications across the Waikato district. Most of that was for our the people in Thames Coromandel. Um, we had 3.8 million available. Uh, there's been another tranche announced which will help our businesses through part of this. But those that are facing, you know, no traffic and no uh, business right through into the early part of next year and another summer without business, uh, they are the ones that are going to need continued support. So that conversation is ongoing. Kirsten, what is your take on the business funding and relief package? Because I know your chamber there, who was deciding who gets the money, was absolutely swamped with the requests, the value of which far outweighed what was in the fund for your region. That's right, and uh, we did have the announcement of another $25 million last week, which is, you know, gratefully received. However, it is still just um, a drop in the bucket. And, you know, like, like Len, we here in Napier are a tourism and hospitality town. Um, the cyclone couldn't have hit at a worse time for us. It was just before our major Art Deco Festival, Horse of the Year, all of the um, events that are the lifeblood of our local hospitality and tourism industry. So... You know, there's um, going to be significant ongoing impacts on all of our local businesses. We, we are trying to um, do some campaigns at the moment through Hawke's Bay Tourism and our, our business incorporation saying we're open for business, we want visitors, we want you to come here and support our local economy. Um, so, you know, we know that at the end of the day we're not going to get 
what we need from central government. Um, so we're, we're working hard to ensure that we're supporting our local businesses as much as we can as well. Kirsten, you mentioned whether people can rebuild or not, and I'm mindful of the fact that the Cyclone Recovery Minister, Grant Robertson, said um, in March that it would be three weeks before they had an idea of what were the high-risk areas and decisions could start being made. What do you know? Can you rebuild in Esk Valley? Have you had any information? We have had deathly silence. Uh, Our community is incredibly frustrated. We've provided the information from the local councils um, around the high-risk area analysis. The insurance companies have done the same from their data, and um, the two are are very closely aligned. So we are beginning to lose patience with the process and communication around what's going to happen in that rebuild space. So fair to say you're a little annoyed? Absolutely, yeah. We we need to give our community the information they need to get on with their lives. So what happens going into winter then? People still out of their houses? Uh, this is right. So, um, you know, we've got people living in motels, we've got people living in caravans, we've got people um, living with a family, and we all know that that can't continue forever. Uh, so people, yeah, we just need to know how they can move forward. Len, before we go, budget's coming up soon. What's on the top of your wish list from the government, please, in terms of your recovery in that budget? Uh, significant investment in the long-term resilience of our roading network. And I'm, I mean significant. It's got to be in the hundreds of millions or the billions. And if we don't get it, then uh, we have serious concerns about the the economic viability of our uh, district and our community going forward. Len, that number you just named, you mean for your district, Thames Coromandel, all of it for you? Yep. All of it for us. Appreciate. And and there's no secret, we've we've had that open discussion with the government and with our communities. They know the numbers. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. That was the Mayor of Thames Coromandel, Len Salt, also talking there to the Napier Mayor, Kirsten Wise.